In November of 1966, the people of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, began to see a huge, winged, man-like apparition with glowing red eyes. The entity chased cars and stared through windows, terrifying 100 or so adult members of the community over the course of a year. Mysterious grinning strangers began appearing all over the town, interrogating citizens and taking pictures of them. The strange events only came to an end when the Silver Bridge, a 700-foot suspension bridge that linked West Virginia to Ohio, collapsed just days before Christmas in 1967, leading us to speculate whether the appearance of these strange beings had anything to do with it. This is Episode 11, The Mothman of Point Pleasant. Welcome to Creep Your Heart Out. Hey everyone, welcome to Creep Your Heart Out. I'm Monica. And I'm Nick. And this is a weekly podcast where we talk about all things wild, wicked, and weird. Hope you all had a good 4th of July. We didn't really do anything. Nah, not really. <laughs> yeah, sorry this episode's coming out so late. We usually record Sundays, but yeah, pretty much all day people in our neighborhood were lighting fireworks and I didn't really foresee that. So yeah, here we are recording mm-hmm. on a Monday, so it's kind of weird. So you guys will get this this afternoon, so... Hope everybody's okay with that. Did you have anything you wanted to say before we jump into this? No, not really. So I know I already told you last night what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Today we're going to be talking about the Mothman of Point Pleasant. Yeah. Do, do you know much about this? I saw the movie. I loved that movie. Yeah. What's the actor's name? Richard Greer? Richard Gere. Richard Gere. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of an infamously bad movie. I loved that and movie. I, there's plenty of bad movies I like. Like, I love Last Action Hero. That's a I've never seen that. Bad movie. I love The Room, but The Room's obviously yeah, but that's, bad. That's like supposed to be bad. It's a, no, it's not supposed <laughs> it's to be not supposed bad. But that's to be bad, why but it's amazing. Yes, yes, exactly. No, I loved the Mothman movie. So, when I. Okay, so I'm going to. I want to tell you a little story. So when I was in high school, this was, that was the first time I ever heard of the Mothman. I used to have this guy that I had a crush on. His name was Bruce. Ooh. He had dark hair and yellow mm. eyes. Ooh. Yeah, he was hot. Mm, so, <laughs> so he, me and him used to talk on the phone late at night all the time. So he always mm. used to call me. We used to always talk on the phone. And he told me one night about the Mothman, and I'd never heard of it. And he was like, yeah, you know, he appears, he looks like a man, he's gigantic, he has big black wings and glowing red eyes, and he just appears. He didn't really, he kind of, I guess he he probably told me, he was probably talking about the movie. Mm-hmm. So, But you were too busy swooning that you couldn't. I was too busy swooning. Yeah. So <laughs> I, he told me about this. I didn't know that it was actually real, but he kind of told me about the movie, and it scared the shit out of me and for like three days i slept with the lights on really i, I was terrified yeah it's scary mothman's scary so then years later i found the movie i think i found it at bull moose or something and i grabbed that took it home and i watched it like five times like mm-hmm. i loved it and i still love it i've seen it like a hundred times it's a great movie yeah and i didn't know it was an infamously bad movie because i yeah, loved it so much a- i thought it was great it's got a cult following, but people, right. but from my, from my friends who make movie buffs, they're like, 
like, oh, yeah, I love the Mothman. It's shitty, but I like it. You I, know? I like it. And then when I found out later on that it was actually based on actual events, then I was like, oh, okay, because I love stuff that's based on actual events. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And then a couple of years after that, I found the book that I actually read for this case today. It's uh, a book called The Mothman Prophecies by John A. Keel, I think his mm-hmm. name is. He's, uh, he's a journalist from New York, mm-hmm. and he went down to Point pleasant west virginia when this was all going on and he was talking to all these people about it i kind of skimmed through the book and i was mostly just looking for details about what actually happened um but a lot of the book is accounts of people who were seeing a lot of ufos Mm -hmm. in and around the time that this happened and stuff like that so i want to go back and actually read it because it it was uh it was kind of creeping me out a little bit it's pretty scary so yeah without further ado i guess we'll just jump right into this so On the evening of November 15th, 1966, two young couples were taking a drive around the quiet town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia. The group was Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette. The couples were driving around in the Scarberry's car that evening, looking to see if friends were out and about. Just before midnight, they were passing an area outside of town known as the TNT area, an area of wetlands, woodlands, and farmlands located on 3,655 acres and the site of a former World War II munitions plant that still contained stored explosives. As they passed the plant, the car's headlights suddenly reflected on a pair of large, glowing red eyes. A giant, gray, man-like creature, six or seven feet tall, with huge wings, had suddenly appeared in front of the car. Steve Millette told reporters in a later interview, it was like a man with wings. It wasn't like anything you'd see on TV or in a monster movie. Scarberry panicked and floored the accelerator to get away. The creature chased after the car, hovering over it, apparently gliding. Scarberry drove the car into downtown. The creature had stopped chasing them, He turned the car around and drove back the way they came, trying to get home. When they reached the spot where they had seen the horrible creature, there it was again, apparently waiting for them. The creature just stood for a moment before scurrying off into the field behind it. Terrified, the group contacted police immediately. Roger Scarberry told a local reporter, I'm a hard guy to scare, but last night I was for getting out of there. If I had seen it while by myself, I wouldn't have said anything, but there were four of us that saw it. With so few residents in the small town of Point Pleasant, police were familiar with all of the locals. The young couples in question had never been in trouble or caused any problems, and police noted that they were genuinely terrified about what they had just experienced, so an officer went out to investigate the scene. He didn't find any evidence of the creature around the TNT area. However, when he went to report this to the station, his police radio began acting oddly and would beep loudly when he tried to use it at the site. The next morning, on November 16th, officers called a press conference and local news stations began to spread the story of the mysterious winged creature that had terrorized the four young citizens of Point Pleasant. It was here that the thing was conned Mothman. Local people were fascinated with the story and wanted a glimpse of the Mothman themselves. On the same day the incident was reported, 
armed citizens traipsed their way down to the TNT area, searching high and low for the creature. A man, two women, and a baby, on their way to visit a friend across town, passed by the TNT area while people were out searching. They were heading to see their friends who lived on the TNT grounds with their three children. As they passed, they saw a large red light hovering over the area, but didn't think much of it at the time. When they arrived at the residence, the couple's children answered the door. The couple was apparently not home. The group had a, gr- a brief conversation before the adults turned back to head to, turned to head back to their car. When suddenly a figure rose up slowly from behind the vehicle, hmm. the group described it as being quote a big gray thing, bigger than a man, with terrible glowing red eyes. The group, frozen in fear for a moment, turned and ran back into the house and locked the door. They heard a noise outside on the front porch and turned to see two red eyes peering through the window. The women were now hysterical, and the man ran over to phone to the phone and called police. Damn. Isn't that creepy? <clears throat> yeah, that's wicked weird. And and it seems like most of these people I mean, again, that was only two stories, but most of these people that see this thing are usually it's usually like two or three people at a time at least yeah. that see it. So, I mean, I kind of feel for them too. I mean, if I had seen something like that by myself, I probably wouldn't mm-hmm. call the police. I, I don't know what I would do. Like who would believe you? But right. when you're in a group of people, more than one person sees it at the same time. It's like the first people shit. decided Did they know the second group of people. No, no, I don't think they they were separate. Yeah, no, it's separate. Yeah. Yeah. The second group of people saw it the next day after Mm -hmm. the first report happened. But yeah, it's super crazy. It just reminds me of this one time when I was in high school, something similar to this happened to me, where I was in the car with four other people I was in. So my friend was driving. uh, Another friend was in the passenger seat and I was sitting behind the passenger seat and then someone was sitting next to me. So there was four of us not going to name anybody, but Mm -hmm. we were driving the girl who was driving, her dad lived in Sandown, New Hampshire, and we mm-hmm. all lived in Derry at the time. So we went out. Her dad used to go to Florida all the time, so we used to go to his house and dog sit for him. Mm-hmm. So the girl had picked us up, and we went out to the house for a little while. And then later that night, she was driving us back home. So we're driving, and it's like 10 o'clock at night. It's dark, and we're driving down the road. There's nobody around. And there's kind of an embankment on the side of the road that kind of goes up. So it's like a big hill and the road kind of curves around it. So we're driving and all of a sudden we see this thing. It was like this naked, gray looking, skinny person looking thing. Mm. And it was on all fours on the side of the road. And as we came around the corner, we saw it. And it must have seen us, and it like literally scurried on all fours, like up the side how, of the road. How big was it? It was like the size of a person. It could have been a uh, bear with mange. You ever seen a bear that lost all its hair from mange? Yeah, they kind of look. They kind of almost look like a person in like a some yeah. kind of skinny shriveled. It, I'm like bear getting suit. chills thinking about it. But we all, yeah. all four of us saw it, and we fucking freaked yeah. out. Even if we, it was a bear with mange, they're they're terrifying. Looking. Yeah, I'll show you a picture. Yeah, this they're thing scary was scary. Looking. And we drove all the way back to my parents' house, and we locked ourselves in the bedroom. We were so scared to leave. Like we were going to the bathroom in pairs. Mm-hmm. It was terrifying, and we didn't know what it was. It. We, I mean, you don't know. Like, yeah. is it an alien? Is it a monster? Like, what the fuck is that thing? Yeah. You what know, I, what it, I like so far about like the Mothman and everything is like, and people have really like given me weird looks. I am 
and you know this, and I'm sure a lot of our listeners and people who know us know this, I am a, a huge skeptic when it comes to anything ghosts or supernatural. Mm-hmm. Because I one, am too. I'm an atheist, and I just don't believe in like an afterlife or anything. So to me, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. But I am way less skeptical with anything like aliens. Um, because it's like, what's that to say? The creatures can bounce from dimension to dimension. They can get past human radar. Yeah. You know? Um, it's that whole like idea that like humans are, we only know what we know and our brain can only handle so much. Right. So I, I, if something like the Mothman is like an alien, that makes way more sense to me and way more plausible than a ghost. Yeah. So I would agree. And and some people think I'm like, I I don't know. I've got, I've had people really like give me like dirty judgy looks over that. Like how can I like, I thought my grandfather and it's just like, well, Okay, I'm not going to get into that mm-hmm. with you because I'm sure you're, maybe it's like an emotional thing. But if someone was like, oh, yeah, I've seen UFOs, I've seen alien, I'm way more like, hmm, interesting. Tell me more yeah. about that. Well, like, everybody, it's, yeah, everybody's it, it's allowed weird. to have their own opinions too. You of know course. what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't really believe in ghosts. Aliens, yeah, to me, is I definitely. I think it's more, so much more likely. Yeah. And I do believe that probably they have ways of mm-hmm. avoiding detection that we can't, can't fathom. even fathom. Yeah. Right, exactly. So, or what was that term? These ultra dimensional beings, like beings that can yeah, travel. Yeah, there's extraterrestrial, from- which would be aliens, and then ultra terrestrial. Ultra terrestrial would yeah. be a, a being that it coexists among, amongst us, mm-hmm. but is in kind of a different time frame and can kind yeah. of jump from time frame to time frame mm-hmm. or dimension to dimension. Yeah. Which, I mean, it could be anything. You can't fathom it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's it's. If you ch- if you try to, ex- you know, if you went back a thousand years, and you tried to explain not even an iPhone, but if you tried to explain a, a TV or a paperback book, even mm-hmm. people would be so like you're crazy. Like there's mm-hmm. there's they wouldn't even be able to comprehend it. Right. So I look at it like some ultra terrestrial or uh, extraterrestrial the technology that they have where it's like oh yeah well we can just be like we could take a ride on the highway of a human emotion and, and end up somewhere else it's right, like right, what the right. fuck does that even I know. mean You're like, like you blowing know? my mind right now <laughs> so it's like that's why i like this whole like mothman thing is because mm-hmm. it's like I, i'm very skeptical right but i'm also not totally writing off the idea of it being and there an alien. Is, there is no definitive answer. So everybody yeah. can kind of have their own thoughts and ideas about it. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you think Mothman is some sort of God or some sort of, maybe mm-hmm. he is an alien or maybe he's an angel. Like some people describe him as looking like an angel mm-hmm. because of the way his wings are and things right. like that. But and, I wouldn't, means, and I wouldn't buy that ever. No, no, no. However. But, but everybody is, you know, there is no <clears throat> answer. So. However, like, um, I mean, it's kind of getting off a little bit of a tangent, but like in the ca- in the case for, um, dragons like why does every single culture have a depiction of a dragon that mm-hmm. look relatively the same relatively the same mm-hmm. were dragons actually aliens you know it's like i know if, i sound like that i sound like that meme of that guy who's like with the crazy hair and he's like bro aliens but like yeah yeah yeah. i don't know who knows yeah, <laughs> yeah. well anyway after these first few significant sightings people all over point pleasant began calling in reports of mothman or the bird, as he was sometimes known. Over 100 adult people would see this apparition over the following year. On Sunday, November 27, 1966, a young woman driving home from church at 10.30 p.m. was passing the Mason County Golf Course 
outside of New Haven, West Virginia, when she saw a huge gray figure, very broad and about seven feet tall, that was shaped like a man, but was not. She first noticed the thing because of, it, because of its great, round, glowing red eyes. As she approached it, the thing unfolded its great black wings, the span of which was about 10 feet, and rose slowly off the ground, straight up like a helicopter. It was silent. Its wings did not flap. The creature headed straight for her car and then swooped away. Huh. So scary. There were many other reports of drivers seeing Mothman. Often, the creature would reportedly follow drivers for miles, keeping up with them no matter how fast they drove. Some people reported Mothman kept up with them even when they were going upwards of 70 miles per hour. Soon, Mothman began appearing on people's property. One evening, an elderly man in Point Pleasant went outside to see why his dog was barking. When he looked up to see what his dog was barking at, the man saw Mothman standing on his front lawn. Hmm. He described it as being six or seven feet tall. Uh, it was a gray apparition with red eyes. The creature looked at him for a moment and suddenly flew away into the night. The man was so shaken and pale when he re-entered the house that his wife thought he was having a heart attack. Damn. Yep. Sounds like the Mothman creature is, seems like he's harmless. I don't know. Seems to like cars a lot. I don't know. I mean, they. Uh, I had read too that people think that the Mothman doesn't have doesn't like lights, and mm -hmm. that's why it flies away. So when the car is driving away, mm -hmm. the Mothman will chase it because the lights are pointing away from it. But if mm -hmm. you turn around, like the people in the first story, and you shine your lights on it, mm -hmm. he he like runs away. So yeah. I think he doesn't like light. Which is weird because he's a Mothman and moth, moths love light. Well, that's just the nickname humans gave him. I know. If he's if he's real and he's an alien, he's probably his own thing. This <laughs> happens to look a little bit like a moth. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, many tried to chalk up the Mothman as being nothing more than a sandhill crane, a large American crane that stands almost as tall as a man with a seven-foot wingspan. This bird also features circles of reddish coloring around the eyes. Oh, okay. Hey, could, could have been a freakishly large Who knows? Bird. That bird is actually not native to mm -hmm. West Virginia, or at least that part of West Virginia. But they say, oh, maybe he, maybe that bird like got lost while it was migrating, and it just ended up, and now everybody's seeing it everywhere, and it's just chasing people around. Could it, and you know, <laughs> that's the thing. It's It's actually almost plausible that... He's abnormally large for his breed, maybe abnormally dark in color for his breed, mm -hmm. and just ended up getting lost. Like that, I mean, that's like the uh, the natural selection lottery right there. But mm -hmm. like, it's very possible that maybe, that, he, maybe Mothman's an ostrich that just got lost. Yeah, because you never. It's funny with paranormal alien stuff. You never see this stuff in the daytime. It's always at night. You know. Yeah, I guess so. Well, well, we'll kind of get we'll kind of get to that too. So. But the people of Point Pleasant knew what they saw and knew the apparition could not be explained away as easy as that. One thing was for certain, everyone gave almost the same exact description of Mothman, a towering winged man-like creature of about six or seven feet tall, grayish black, with a wingspan that resembled a moth or a butterfly, and usually with distinctive glowing red eyes. But many couldn't describe the thing's face or other than its eyes. 
Uh-huh. So people, maybe his eyes were just so bright that people couldn't see its face. Was it like reflective off whatever light source? That's what people were saying. Kind of yeah. like a dog. When you see a dog's eyes at night, yeah. they, they reflect like crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's that's what's up. And then what, people what type see of bird? Face. They, they say it was a, a sandhill crane. I want to look that up later. Mm, yeah, I don't. I didn't even look up what that looks like. But well, along with the Mothman sightings, res- residents of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, were also seeing a number of UFOs. Though the sightings had mostly not been reported to the police or the media. In fact, there were hundreds of UFO sightings around the state, particularly in and around Point Pleasant in the years 1966 to 1967. On November 2nd, 1966, just under two weeks before the young couples had their encounter with the Mothman, two men were driving home to Point Pleasant from a job near Marietta, Ohio, on Interstate 77, when suddenly an elongated object appeared in the sky and descended right in front of them. The men stopped the car and another man emerged from the object and walked over to him. The witnesses described him as looking like a normal man, though he was grinning broadly in an unsettling sort of way. The man was dressed in a black coat and had his arms folded with his hands out of sight tucked into his armpits. The witness had a brief conversation with the man who asked many questions about who they were, where they were from, and where they were going. The man also asked for the time. When he was through with his interrogation, the man walked back to the cylindrical vehicle, got inside, and flew away. What? Mm -hmm. The men were very disturbed by what they had seen and were reluctant to go to the police. So troubled by what they had seen, the men began to have trouble sleeping and resorted to alcohol, though they had never had problems with drinking in the past. On the same night, on the same stretch of highway, a man named Woody Derenberger, sorry, Woody Derenberger, I think that's how you say his name, was heading home around 7 p.m. in his truck. Suddenly, an odd-looking gray vehicle approached his truck from behind, passed him, and turned and blocked his path in the road. Woody was forced to stop his truck. A man stepped out of the odd vehicle and approached Woody's truck. Woody later said, quote, I didn't hear an audible voice. I just had a feeling like I knew what this man was thinking. He wanted me to roll down my window. Weird. Mm -hmm. The stranger, as Woody described him, was about five foot, 10 inches tall with dark slicked backed hair and very tan skin. The man was wearing a dark coat and grinning broadly and had his arms crossed with his, with his hands tucked under his armpits. Hmm. Woody heard the man's voice in his head, telling him not to be afraid and that he meant no harm. The man asked for his name, and Woody gave it. The man told him his name was Colt. As they spoke, Colt's mysterious vehicle ascended behind him, hovering 40 to 50 feet from the ground. As this was occurring, other cars passed the pair on the road. Colt told Woody to go to the authorities and report the incident, and Cold would come forward later and confirm it. Cold said he would meet Woody again soon. Cold's vehicle descended from the air. He got in it and took off into the sky and disappeared. Woody went home and notified the police. Isn't that fucking crazy? His name's Cold, like C-O-L-D? Yes, Cold. Weird. Mm -hmm. 
The next day, he was questioned at length by city and state police. Police, or I'm sorry, people who had driven by Woody and Cold that night also came forward and gave statements confirming his story. Woody would be visited by Cold many times over the next year. On the second visit, he gave Woody his first name, Indrid. Hmm. Just like the movie, remember? Indrid Cold? I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen that. <laughs> I want to watch this movie so bad now. <laughs> it's because the movie is is almost describes the it describes the events in the book to a T. I mean, yeah, Indrid, there was nothing. Was Indrid Cold an alien? Yes. But the Mothman was separate. That was like a separate thing. I don't remember. It's been a long time since I've seen the movie. I don't know if Mothman and Indrid Cold are separate. They were. The events were happening at the same time, though. Maybe they're the same creature. It could be. Very well could be. Maybe the Mothman got better at replicating a human form. You know? Yeah, maybe. Who knows? But yeah, they were happening at the same time. So I do think I do think they're linked in some, in one way or another. <clears throat> if, if, if it is real, it's crazy to think about that. Like, what if the Mothman is an alien? Just mm-hmm. doing some research on Earthlings, just kind of getting some info, and then he gets better at making himself look and appear and act a little bit more like a human, but he doesn't quite have it yet. And also, mm-hmm. with his hand is under his armpits, and his name is Cold. Like, yeah. As if he's, like, phys- like what's your name? I'm Cold. Like, he's <gasps> trying to figure That's out. Weird. Like, he can't quite figure out how humans behave, because he's, like, researching us. And then Maybe. he's got a huge grin, like, you know, because just he, like. Ooh, I'm getting chills. It's, it's like, a, so it's totally wild to think about that. Like, let's say, like, Mothman's an alien, right? And he comes down to, like, research or, or figure out human beings and how they work. And then he, like, he sees people, and when they're cold, they put their hands in their armpits. So he goes, I'm cold. So he thinks there's a common name. Oh. And that maybe that's some kind of greeting, <laughs> putting your hands in your armpits. Like, I'm cold, you know? Weird. And then he sees everyone smiling in pictures, so he just walks around with a big grin, like, you know. To make himself look pleasant. Look, look quote, human. Is oh that God, weird? That's so weird. So they're the yeah. same person. Yeah. Possible. That's, oh, that's so weird. I don't know. I didn't think about it that way, but yeah, damn. <laughs> I'm cold, you yeah. know? Yeah, wow. Holy shit. Well, Indrid Cold told Woody that he was from a planet called Lanulus, which was located in the galaxy of Ganymede. And Ganymede is actually one of Jupiter's moons. Mm. Why would they have the same name for it as we do? I don't know. Unless it's like that's how he translates it. Maybe. Or maybe they just happen to have the same name. Who knows? I don't know. But Ganymede, yeah, it's one of Jupiter's moons. And it's actually the largest moon in our solar system. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. But apparently he's from the galaxy of Ganymede. Mm. Cold explained that Lanulus was very much like Earth. It had flora and fauna, as well as seasons. Hmm. You know what fauna is, right? I didn't know what that was until today. It actually just is the best term to describe life on a planet. Hmm. Like, whether it's wildlife, insects, hmm. yeah. humans, things it's like that. It's a blanket term. For, it's a blanket term for, for life. life. Fauna. Right, okay. yep. He was married. His wife's name was Kimmy, and he had two sons. Cold told Woody that the people of Lanulus had a life expectancy of 125 to 175 Earth years, and that naturally, there was no war, hunger, poverty, or misery on Lanulus. Hmm. I want to live there. That sounds nice. That sounds nice, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Other people began to report being approached by mysterious men with very dark tanned skin, usually dressed in black, with a big grin upon their face. 
the men would speak oddly and with an accent suggesting they were not from the area. They would also ask odd but specific questions. Many people describe these men as well-dressed and arriving in nice cars. But something was always off about these men. They were often wearing clothes that might be out of fashion at the time or would not come into fashion until years later. Mm, And often, the cars they drove were older model cars that looked clean, new, and shiny. What? Yeah. Isn't that weird? So they were driving like old Volkswagens or old Cadillacs or things like that. But But they they looked like they were just released that day or that year. Yeah, Yeah. they were old. They were old models, but they looked brand new. Right. Isn't that weird? That is weird. They were also reported to collect souvenirs from witnesses, ordinary objects, such as old magazines, pens, or other small random things. So there was a report where I believe she was a local reporter. I can't remember what her name was, but she was in her office one day and this weird little man came in. Mm-hmm. Big smile on his face, and he was just being weird, and mm-hmm. he wouldn't leave. And he was—I think he was interrogating her about something. Again, I just kind of scanned through this book really quick. Uh, but when he went to leave, he picked up her pen, and he was like playing with it, and he was like fascinated with it. And she was like, "You can just have that." And he mm. was—and he kind of like just put it in his pocket and like left with it, hmm. like he'd never seen a pen before. Yeah, it was super weird. Yeah, super weird. Often after people had been visited by these mysterious men, they would begin to receive phone calls at all hours of the day and night. Upon answering, they were met with the sounds of heavy breathing or beeping, sometimes like Morse code or a radio-like static. Some compared the noises they heard to a record player that is finished playing but hasn't turned off. You know what that sounds like, right? Yeah, of course. that, That noise, yeah. Yeah. Many people have reported the caller was speaking in another language or rattling off a series of seemingly meaningless numbers. Hmm. That's creepy to me. It's very weird. In John A. Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, he describes an incident where one woman received a phone call from a man who was speaking a language she said sounded like Spanish, but probably wasn't. Keel took the phone from her and opened up the casing. Inside, was what looked like a matchstick covered in a layer of graphite. It was a cigarette load, a practical joke item that explodes cigarettes. No one knows why or how the load got into the phone casing. Why did he take apart the phone? Oh, because it sounded like it was malfunctioning or something? Well, I, static and all that stuff? I don't know. I guess she had been receiving call after call after call after call, mm-hmm. and she was like, what the fuck? And he... he I don't know. I guess she kept unlisting her number, all these things that she still kept getting all these calls. Mm. So for some reason, he had the idea to open up the phone casing and <clears> just <throat> see what was going on in there. And I yeah. guess, I don't know if this is still true, but in back in the day when you'd open up a phone casing, there used to be a piece of cotton mm-hmm. in the phone that would somehow make some sort of connection in there. But the piece of cotton was gone and... Just the matchstick thing yeah, was in there. It's like one of those joke shop exploding cigarette. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was weird. It's almost like it's weird. It's, it sounds like so far, it's like it's a group of aliens like trying to figure out Earthlings. They're just not doing a good job of it, you know? Right, right, right. Like yeah. putting a cigarette joke in a phone and and the cold I'm cold thing and the the pen and like you know. It's, yeah. Weird, right? Yeah. yeah. It's absolutely bizarre. Yeah. 
Well, beside the phone calls, people would hear mysterious noises coming from their TVs and car radios, mostly beeps like Morse, Morse code. There were also reports of people hearing strange sounds coming from inside their homes, bumps, furniture moving, cabinets opening, and even sounds of babies crying, though people often did not have children. Hmm. The source of the noises were never found. You imagine hearing a baby cry in your house and you don't have kids. Yeah. Oh, that's so weird. And people would look around their houses and they wouldn't be able to find anything. Yeah. Like it, they just hear these noises. It's just, and a lot of the times people would hear sounds that other people couldn't hear. So they'd hear like a loud bang or something and they'd turn and be like, did you just hear that? And the other person would be like, did I hear what? Right. And it would be like a super loud noise and Mm -hmm. the other person wouldn't hear it. Yeah. That's so creepy, right? That is creepy. In 1967, reports began to come in about mysterious phantom photographers, men in black appearing to take pictures of people, their children, and their homes. In April of that year, a man from Ohio was driving home when he saw the familiar Mothman, wings, red eyes, etc. Months later, in October, he had returned home from work to find an intruder in his apartment. The man reported, quote, when I opened the door, I saw this man standing in my living room. I think he was dressed all in black. I couldn't see his face, but he was about five foot, nine inches tall. I started to fumble for the light switch when he took my picture. There was a big flash of light, so bright I couldn't see anything. When I was rubbing my eyes, the burglar departed past me. I'm sorry, the burglar darted past me and went out the open door. I guess I arrived just in time because nothing was missing. Huh. I don't think that guy was there to rob him, though. I think he was there waiting for him to take his picture. Yeah. I think he wanted to take a picture, mm-hmm. which I don't know. Maybe it's some kind of alien research. They're like, you know, taking picture pictures of people and their homes. And or maybe like, like the uh, the government was catching on to this alien activity in that town in West Virginia. And they were going down there to do oh, maybe. something, you know. Yeah, who knows? Another. I, I, feel, like, I feel like Tom DeLonge right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's, w- that's why I like aliens because I grew up listening to Blink One Eighty Two, and now that Tom DeLonge's a like professional UFO conspiracy mm-hmm. conspiracist, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe it rubbed off on me a little bit. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say you're as deep into it as, as no, Tom he's he's real deep into it. I mean, yeah, he's, he is down the rabbit hole. He is, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Another woman had reported that while she was home one day, she heard a sound outside and peered out the window. A large, older model black car was parked in front of her home, and a man dressed in black was standing beside it, taking pictures of her house. How creepy is that? That That's really weird. So weird. In John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, he mentions that at one point he was in touch with Indrid Colt and another entity named Apple. It's pronounced hmm. Apple, but it's spelled A-P-O-L. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Almost as if phonetic spelling of someone trying to learn a language. Yeah. yeah. I know. So weird. In June of 1967, this is where shit starts getting fucking weird. Oh, it gets weirder? It gets weirder. <laughs> it gets worse. <laughs> but it gets worse. In June of 1967, the entities started making predictions about things that were going to happen in the Middle East. They claimed that Pope Paul VI would be traveling to Turkey on a peace mission, and that on July 26, upon his arrival, 
would be knifed to death in the airport. The assailant would be a man dressed all in black with a long black knife. After the incident, there would be a worldwide power failure that would last for three days. Preceding this event, there would be a terrible earthquake in the Middle East and hundreds would die. On July 20th, 1967, the Vatican announced that the Pope would be traveling to Istanbul, Turkey. On July 22nd, an earthquake occurred in Adapazari, Turkey, that killed over 1,000 people. This event occurred only 100 miles away from Istanbul. However, on July 26th, the Pope arrived safely in Istanbul. No man dressed in black attacked him, and there was no three-day blackout. Three years later, however, on November 27, 1970, Pope Paul VI arrived at the Manila International Airport in the Philippines. A man dressed in black emerged from the crowd and attacked the Pope with a long black knife. Mm. Fortunately, security was able to protect the Pope and he was unharmed. The man in black was described by witnesses as to having glassy eyes and looked to be in some sort of trance during the attack. Hmm. Maybe the aliens set this weird man in black on <clears throat> on the Pope for some reason. It's not maybe like the uh, I was thinking the aliens are learning how to predict the future on Earth. But it's just like uh, they're not good at it yet. They're not quite there. You know what I mean? My theory, and this is I just came up with this right now, but this is what I think. I think so. They say that in space, mm -hmm. time goes by differently yeah, in different parts of space. Depending. And depending. And they, Indrid Cold, had told this guy that on his planet, mm -hmm. people lived 125 to 175 Earth, Earth years. Earth years yeah. So their time goes by differently. Mm -hmm. Their time goes by probably faster technically than it mm -hmm. does on earth right so it'll be slower because they're i don't know this gets real weird i know it's 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 weird to think about but anyway hear me out i think what happened is that they misinterpreted when this event was going to take place because their the time on their planet goes mm -hmm. by differently than time on earth yeah. so this happened just over three years after they predicted it mm-hmm so I think that they can see into our future. Yeah. But the time that they say something is going to occur is off by just a little bit. Well, it makes sense with the cars and the suits. Mm -hmm. Because the suits, exactly. either, they were either wearing suits that wouldn't be popular for four, whatever they said, a couple years. And then they had cars that were a few years old, but they looked new. Right. Exactly. So, yeah. so their time is a little off, but yeah. I think they get better at it. Yeah. I do think they get better at it. In November of 1967 the alien entities began to predict a disaster that would happen on the Ohio River. Many would die. They implied a factory on the river would blow up. On November 3rd, Keel wrote to a local reporter, quote, I have reason to suspect there may soon be a disaster in the Point Pleasant area, which, may, which will not be related to the UFO mystery. A plant along the river may either blow up or burn down. Possibly the Navy insta installation at Point Pleasant will be the center of such a disaster. A lot of people may be hurt. Don't even hint to anybody anything about this. 
Throughout the month, people in the area began to feel uneasy and began feeling a sense of dread, though they did not know why. According to Keel, the aliens predicted the event would occur on December 15th and would coincide with the annual Christmas tree lighting ceremony on the White House lawn. At the exact moment that President Lyndon Johnson turned the switch to light the tree, the country would experience a total national power failure. At approximately 5.45 p.m. on the evening of December 15, 1967, the White House ceremony began. The event was broadcasted on national television. President Johnson gave a short speech to the crowd on the White House lawn. When he was finished, the president reached over and flipped on a switch. The Christmas tree lit up magnificently. The crowd ooed and applauded at the sight of it. Suddenly, an announcer's voice rang over the TV. It said, We interrupt this program for a special bulletin. A bridge laden with rush hour traffic has just collapsed at Gallipolis, Ohio. Further details as soon as they are available. The bridge in question was the Silver Bridge, which was also located in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. It was 13 months to the day that the first nationally reported Mothman sighting had occurred. The Silver Bridge was constructed in 1928 and was the main route of travel between West Virginia and Ohio. It was not designed for the heavy traffic of the 1960s. Trucks carrying cargo passed over it constantly. People on both sides crossed daily for work or shopping or to visit family. The, ne the next nearest bridge to cross was 50 miles up the river. The Silver Bridge connected Point Pleasant with Gallipolis, Ohio. That afternoon, the stoplight at the mouth of the bridge on the Ohio side was malfunctioning. It was stuck on green. On the Point Pleasant side, the light was almost always stuck on red, to the point where locals were used to running the light. The bridge was laden with 5 o'clock rush hour traffic. Heavy trucks and passenger cars moved slowly, if at all. At 5.04 p.m., the bridge gave a huge lurch. Suddenly, the 700-foot suspension bridge twisted and separated from either end, first from the Ohio side, then from the West Virginia side. It collapsed in a roar of breaking steel, severing the electric cables that were strung across the bridge and showering the collapse in sparks. Fifty vehicles were sent hurtling into the black water of the Ohio River, followed by tons of steel and concrete. Yes. Oh, my God, isn't that crazy? People saw this happen, too. Yeah. People saw this from, like, all over the place. Saw mm -hmm. the bridge just fall into the fucking water. Yeah. And they said there was, like, a massive power outage, like, in town. Everybody's lights went out and all this stuff because, you know, the all the electric cables on the bridge broke and mm -hmm. it just causes huge blackout in the city. It was just – so people were, like, sitting in their houses and all of a sudden the power goes out and they're like, what the hell? And then they look outside and the fucking bridge has collapsed. It's just like, holy shit. And the, I guess that it rumbled and people could hear it from like miles away. It yeah. was insane. Oh, yeah. yeah. No doubt. Yep. Some were lucky enough to escape from the icy water, where Christmas presents were said to have been floating amongst the ruined cars and pieces of the bridge. But many were not so lucky. It took rescue divers a month 
to recover 38 bodies from the river. And it was later determined that a total of 46 victims lost their lives in the terrible collapse. Two of the victims were never found. Damn. Mm -hmm. Later, the remains of the bridge were lifted from the water and reconstructed piece by piece in a field near Henderson. Engineers determined the collapse was due to a failure in a single eye bar in a suspension chain due to a tiny defect that was about 2.5 millimeters deep. Hmm. That caused the whole bridge to Literal collapse. Literal chain reaction, yeah. It, it, was, it was the weakest link in yeah. that chain. Yeah, yeah. 2.5 millimeters is about the equivalent of 0.1 inches. So it was mm-hmm. like this tiny, tiny Crack or something, defect. Yeah. I'm sure they redesigned how they built bridges since then, you know? Oh, I'm sure they did. And like they said, this was not meant to have heavy traffic right. this was in night that was built in 1928 when yeah. very few people had cars yeah. and you know people were just kind of cruising over the bridge and that was it this yeah. it was not meant to have traffic stopped on this bridge yeah. yeah yeah it was crazy and they've since rebuilt it uh they built i believe it's called the silver bridge or silver memorial bridge or mm-hmm. something like that so they rebuilt it since then and mm-hmm. it, it looks pretty much like a modern beefed it, up bridge. Yeah, yeah. it looks it, well. It looks similar to the original, mm-hmm. but it's definitely a lot safer. Yeah, and hopefully they fix those fucking traffic lights. Mm-hmm. Just after the collapse, some witnesses reported they saw a flashing red light hovering over the bridge. The object stayed for just a moment before disappearing over the trees. It was reported to make no sound. Many people connect the 100 or so sightings of the Mothman between November of 1966 to December of 1967 with the appearance of the strange men in black, the mysterious lights in the sky, and the fatal bridge collapse that took so many lives. Today, many tourists visit Point Pleasant, West Virginia, where Mothman is a celebrated folklore. There, you can visit the Mothman Museum. Wanna go? Yeah. Wanna go? Yeah, for sure. At the Mothman Museum, where you can read up on the legend or visit the Mothman statue, which stands 12 feet tall with red eyes and a metallic body. The legend of the Mothman lives on. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. What did you think? That was pretty cool. It was a cool one, right? It was yeah. different. Yeah. I liked that a lot. That was definitely um, sparks the imagination. Yeah, I know. I mean, like you said, I'm not really into hauntings, haunted objects, haunted buildings, mm-hmm. people seeing stuff like that. I don't really... I don't know. I don't really buy into that, I guess. I, I definitely believe more in the alien side of things. I yeah. mean, I definitely think that... I definitely think people really saw the Mothman. Yeah. I do think that it's a real thing. And I, so many people were seeing the same exact thing. You know what I yeah. mean? A hundred sightings of the same thing. And people come into the, poli- the police, like, terrified. You know what I mean? Yeah. And a lot of these people, especially in the 60s, it was a deeply religious... Area. area. Yeah. I think they said something at the time there was like 22 churches just in Point Pleasant. Yeah, it was West Virginia. And yeah. people were seeing this thing and they... <clears throat> it's consistent. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people weren't just like, oh, I saw the devil. They were like, no, I saw the fucking Mothman, dude. Yeah. I saw this thing. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And, you know, they... I guess they had had reports here and there of something like this over the years, but not like this. Like, mm-hmm. this was... Like holy shit, people were seeing this thing, you know, weekly. Would it be would it be crazy if those like those aliens who went to that town 
in the 60s, they got really good at replicating humans and they never left. They were just got better at replicating humans. Mm-hmm. And then like since then, like like some men in black shit, you know, like more aliens came to live among us in mm-hmm. perfect disguise, you know? Yeah, who knows? It's crazy. I mean, it, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. It's crazy to talk about. I mean, this is giving me the creeps. I think I'm going to have to go back to good old fashioned murder next week because I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sitting on the couch yesterday and, and uh, finishing this up. And I was like, oh my God. The murder stuff it. fucks with me a lot more than this stuff. Really? Oh, yeah. Because the murder stuff is humans are terrifying creatures. Humans murder and rape and touch kids and stuff. Mm, this is true. Yeah. You know, this is, this is all hypothetical, plausible other stuff with a sci fi in it, you know? Yeah, I know. But, don't worry, I'll, I'll prepare myself for the return of the murders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad we did this. I mean, it was it was uh, a, a little bit different than what we've done in the past. I kind of wanted to break it up a little bit, especially after the last two cases that we did. We did the Bear Brook murders, and we did, you know, the Covina massacre last week, and that was like, holy shit. That was heavy. I mean? Yeah, it was heavy. So, you know, obviously people died in, in, in this case as well, but it was, <clears throat> you know, this thing was terrifying, terrorizing this town. For a year, and then I think, as far as I know, the sightings kind of decreased a lot after this happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah, till this day, I guess people still report seeing a Mothman-like entity hmm. in and around the area. But who knows? You know, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy. Yeah. I would not want to see that. Nah, I'm I would good. be all set. I do not want to see the Mothman. I do not want to be driving around <clears throat> at night seeing and see anything like that so yeah good thing we don't live anywhere near there but yeah i hope you all enjoyed this episode this was a this was a fun one to research and also it kind of freaked me out a lot probably don't listen to this at night <laughs> <laughs> listen to this on your morning drive to work this will uh you know this will wake you up this will wake you up yeah for sure well in the meantime you can follow us on social media instagram at creep your heart out underscore pod twitter at creep y-h-o underscore pod And if there are any cases that you want to send us, or if you would like to have one of your own stories read on the podcast, you can email us at creepyourheartoutpod at gmail.com. And lastly, if you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts or another streaming service that lets you leave a review, please do us a favor and leave us a five-star rating if you're enjoying the podcast, and also a review. This helps us spread awareness of the podcast and lets the internet gods know that we're doing a good job. If you leave us a nice comment, we may even read it on the podcast. So yeah, I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Sorry, this is coming out a little bit late, but it's worth it. I promise you, because we got a nice quiet afternoon to record on. Yeah. So we will all see you all next week. Bye, creepies. Creepy later.